Welcome to episode 7, The Seed of Promise. Genesis 17, verse 6 to 9. And I will make thee exceedingly fruitful, and I will make a nation of thee, and kings shall come out of thee. And I will establish my covenant between me and thee, and thy seed after thee, in your generation for an everlasting covenant, to be a God unto thee, and to thy seed after thee. And I will give unto thee, and to thy seed after thee, the land wherein thou art a stranger, or the land of Canaan, for an everlasting possession. And I will be thy God. And God said unto Abraham, Thou shalt keep my covenant, therefore, thou and thy seed after thee in your generation. Genesis 17:16, And I will bless her, and give thee a son also of her. Yeah, I will bless her, and she shall be a mother of nations. Kings of people shall be of her. Then Abraham fell upon his face, and laughed, and said in his heart, Shall a child be born unto him that is an hundred years old? And shall Sarah, that is ninety years old, bear? And Abraham said unto God, O that Ishmael might live before thee. And God said, Sarah, thy wife shall bear thee a son indeed, and thou shalt call his name Isaac. And I will establish my covenant with him, with him, for an everlasting covenant, and with his seed after him. And as for Ishmael, I have heard thee, behold, I have blessed him, and will make him fruitful, and will multiply him exceedingly. Twelve princes shall he beget and I will make him a great nation. But my covenant will, est- will I establish with Isaac, which Sarah shall bear unto thee at this set time in the next year. I would like to share some thoughts with you on the seed of promise all the way from Abraham to Jesus and to what that seed is today. Abraham, we know, had the covenant of God, but it was given to him and the promised son that was to come through Sarah. The unconditional covenant that God had made with Abraham was not to be with Ishmael, but rather it was to be passed on through the lineage of of Isaac in the natural. And we read that in the scripture where even Abraham says, oh, that Ishmael would live before you. In other words, the idea of a man is, it's been so hard. Why can't Ishmael just do this? We've produced this. But God said, no, my word, my promise will stand. I said through Sarah, I said, I, and, and then he furthers the promise and says, and you'll call his name Isaac. You will have a son through Sarah the set time next year. 
And in Genesis chapter 22, because we read all of that out of Genesis chapter 17, but in Genesis chapter 22, God begins to speak again with Abraham and, and begins to further the promise. And in Genesis chapter 22, God asks Abraham to go and sacrifice his son. So we read in, in chapter 17, we read, I'm going to give you a promised son through Sarah. You'll call his name Isaac. And now in Genesis 22, God says, go sacrifice that son. Yeah, that's quite, that's quite a trial, isn't it? Yeah. You, know, you, you give your promise and then he tells you, go and sacrifice the promise. Yeah. Right? And, and, you know, sometimes that's what happens in our lives. You know, yeah. you, you're expecting something, you know, the very thing you're desiring is sometimes the very thing that you, it looks like the Lord is almost taken away from you. Yeah, it's good because in Genesis 22 and verse 16, it records, by myself have I sworn, saith the Lord. That's an incredible statement that God's saying, this is this really is an unconditional covenant. I didn't swear by you. I didn't say if you do this, I'll do that. I swore by myself. I can swear by no greater thing. I swore by myself. For because thou hast done this thing and hast not withheld thy son, this is now after he's gone up, and we know how the story ends, how that he went up and he went to go sacrifice him, and right as he raised the knife to to kill Isaac, the angel of the Lord came and stayed his hand or stopped him from doing it, and there was a ram in the caught in the thicket that God had provided, and Abraham called the place Jehovah Jireh. The Lord God has provided himself a sacrifice. But now... God begins to speak with him and begins to declare to him, because you've done this, you haven't withheld your son, your only son. He says that in blessing, I will bless thee. And in multiplying, I will multiply thy seed as the stars of the heaven and as the sand, which is upon the seashore. And thy seed shall possess the gates of his enemies. And in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed because thou hast obeyed my voice so now the blessing of the promise comes because of obedience to the word of god and and in this we notice there's two types or analogies that god draws and he's one of them is the stars in the heaven the other one is the sand on the seashore and we could take that say it's just two innumerable things because how could you ever count the sand on the seashore and how could you ever count the stars in the heaven? There's been a number of guesses by science, but they're nothing more than a guess. But it's even more than that because really God's saying, your seed will be, there will be a heavenly seed and there will be an earthly seed or there will be a natural seed and there will be a spiritual seed. And to talk a little more about also what Brother Max was saying, there's two things to always keep in mind when you're following God. Because notice when Abraham was doing this, he's following God. He says, because you have obeyed my voice. He's not just walking after his own whims. He's not doing whatever he feels like doing. He's doing what God's called him to do. He's living by the word of God. And there's always two things that I like to keep in mind when following God. And that is, number one, he will never give you more than you can handle. I think that's, that's, that's such a true statement, that the Lord will never give you more than what you can handle. I think one time I was talking to, or, or someone was, was speaking to me, and I made the statement to him to say, you know, the Lord will never give you more than what you can handle. 
I know he replied back to me and he said, but what if he gives you more than what you can handle? You know, and, 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 and you know, you wonder to say, can God ever give you more than what you can handle if his word says that he never gives you more than what you can handle, you know? And that, that's a fair question, especially given in some areas of life. When you're in a rough spot and you feel like I can't take any more, how can you say God won't give me more than I can handle? I feel like I'm drowning. Yeah. But I want to notice that the scripture says in Psalms 37, verse 23, says the steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. Though he fall, he should not be utterly cast down, for the Lord upholdeth him with his hand. That's a beautiful promise, but it's more than just a, a pretty words and poetic writing. Because it's to say that the steps of a good man or the steps of a righteous man are ordered of the Lord. And the first key in that is it's a righteous man. That's good. It's not that the steps of every person ever is ordered of the Lord, but it's the steps of a good man ordered of the Lord. So we can walk in our own choosing. We certainly have a free moral agency that we can go in our own way and we can take on more than we can handle. We can bite off more than we can chew. We can feel like we're drowning, but if you're walking in the will of God, he'll never give you more than you can handle. In another place in the scriptures, in Psalms 34, it says, many are the afflictions of the righteous. So it's not saying that the righteous are all of a sudden going to have an easy life. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivereth them out of them all. That's good. That's good. Yeah, you know, and that's so true. So, you know, in answering the question is to say, you know, you can, you yourself can take upon you more than what you can handle by yeah. not following the laws. Yeah. Right. That's, that's such a good point. That's such a good point. Yeah. Yeah. And the second point I, I always keep in mind when following the Lord is he will never break his word. And you can you can have a feeling that you should do something, but it's against the word. I will tell you right now, I guarantee you that ain't God telling you to do it. God will never break his word. And that's the, that's the faith that Abraham could have. And I find it amazing that in, in Matthew chapter five and verse 18, it says for verily I say unto you, this is Jesus himself speaking. He says, heavens and earth, will pass till heavens and earth will pass not one jot or one tittle shall in no wise pass from the law till all be fulfilled in other words he's saying the word of god will every bit of it be fulfilled a jot or a tittle that's saying not one letter or not one punctuation will ever go wrong until all of it's fulfilled it'll all be fulfilled and in, and in Matthew 24 and Mark 13 and Luke 21, that's three out of the four Gospels, they record this word for word of the words of Jesus, which he says, heavens and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. Or now he takes it as not just the Old Testament and the laws and the word of God, it's my word. It's the word of God. It's the word of the Lord Jesus Christ because he is the word. Yeah. I think this man who made a comment one time and he said, you know, 
I don't want to stand on heaven and I don't want to stand on the earth. And everyone says, I mean, what are you talking about? I mean, you don't want to stand on heaven? I mean, heaven is a great place to stand, right? I mean, we don't understand if you don't want to stand on earth. But he said, no, I don't want to stand on heaven and I don't want to stand on earth. And he said, why? He said, because they're all going to pass away, but there's only one thing that is not going to pass away, and that's the word, and that's what I want to stand on. And I think that's a good principle for everyone, you know, just, just stand on the word, you know. And when we talk stand on the word, it's not take the word and stand on it, but no. take the word <laughs> and believe it. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. To base your life, I think we spoke at episode one, the absolute. Yeah. Make the word of God your absolute. Stay sure. true to that. Everything else will pass away. I want to go back to Abraham and his seed. Genesis chapter 17, as we read, records, And God said, Sarah thy wife shall bear thee a son indeed, and thou shalt call his name Isaac, and I will establish my covenant with him for an everlasting covenant and with his seed after him. Now, Abraham was just an ordinary man, but God called him one day and said, Abraham, I'm going to take you to make you are father of nations. And you are going to have a baby by Sarah. Now, Sarah was his wife. And she was 65 years old. 10 years younger than Abraham. Abraham yeah. About 15 years past of the menopause. Or, or better than that. Or more than that. But he said, Abraham... No matter what the condition, no matter what, how long takes, uh, I will make you a father of nation. So notice something here. Um, the promise was given to Abraham when he was 75 years old, and Zerah, his wife, was 65. So mm -hmm. from that time, Abraham believed God. Yeah. God promised Abraham a son, and Abraham believed. Yeah. Now, Abraham was called not because he was a good man. Abraham had something in his life that he never doubted the word of God. And, I, and God told Abraham, I saved thee, and I, will sa and I saved your seed after thee. And, Abraham, and God promised to Abraham a land. And he said, I give you this land. So Abraham believed the word of God, and that's what settled. That settled Abraham's questions. So the word of God was, was the final thing to him. You know, what he, what he heard from God was like, okay, that's it. If, you, if you're telling me to leave and to go to a land that I don't know, I am just going to believe it, I'm going to obey, and I'm just going to walk away. Right. Exactly. Abraham says, if God says so, I believe it. Abraham didn't have to do a thing, but abide right in the covenant. That's all. Just stay right there. And if God save you, the only thing you have to do is abide in his grace. That's all. Stay right with his word. Don't have to worry about anything. What's going to happen. What somebody else will say. 
what age you are, you rich, you poor. If God promised something, he will fulfill. His word is truth. Now, Abraham trusts in God. He trusts in his word. He knew that nothing was impossible for God. So if you, if, if you are Abraham's seed, every promise that is in the word of God is for you. You just believe it. You just trust in him. He will bless you. That brings us to three phenomenal points in the life of Abraham. That Abraham believed God. The Bible says it was counted unto him for righteousness. But he believed God. He obeyed his word. He did what he was told to do. And out of that, it brought a trust in God. Because he not only seen that he could obey God, but that God backed up his word. His word was true. His word is yea and amen. He never fails. That's why Jesus could come with so much confidence and say, my word will never pass away. Thank you so much for listening to the End Time Podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it today. If you have any comments or questions, you can send us an email at etpodcast at etmtab.com. You can also follow us on Instagram at End Time Podcast. We hope you'll join us for the next episode. Until then, God bless.